Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, let's get to the recap of today's Vikings game. Seven defensive backs for the Bears. Vikings need a Hail Mary from Cousins in the end zone, tipped in the air, and intercepted. Intercepted. Sharon McManus. And the Bears have sealed it. Okay, so for the second time in two weeks, the Vikings found themselves on the losing end of a matchup. This time it came against the Bears. Chicago running back David Montgomery rushed for 146 yards and two touchdowns, and Minnesota's defense was only able to force the Bears to punt on just one of their 10 offensive drives during the game. After a failed Hail Mary attempt by Kirk Cousins at the end of the game, the Bears walked off the field with a 33-27 to victory. The Vikings are now 6-8, and and with the Cardinals and Bucks both winning on Sunday, They now have a very impressive 2% chance to make the playoffs, according to 538.com. Okay, I am joined by the Viking Ages' Dustin Baker. And Dustin, after this loss, what's next for the Vikings? Well, not much this year. They have that glimmer of hope to sneak in, but that would entail winning on Christmas Day and then winning in Detroit, which can probably be done. Um, But then the... The rest of the recipe has to be the Cardinals lose to the 49ers and lose to the Rams. And then the Bears would have to lose one of their games, and that'd probably be at the Packers. Um, So we went from this morning thinking there was a relatively decent chance if we took care of business and the Cardinals could maybe help us out by dropping one game. Um, But now that's out the window. So we need like five isolated events to take place uh, for us to get into the thing. I was very frustrated um, by, to your point, to start the show about the the defense. The first drive was sweet, three and out, and then that was it. And I uh, I hold Zimmer to a high standard for defense because he's that's his self-professed baby. Um, but I think there are just too many things to overcome this year with personnel that are out. And there was uh, one point after the game, I was trying to you know decompress. How could a Zimmer defense really? really do this to me let let these bears do this but if you start to look at the personnel that started the game today mm-hmm. i want you to tell me which of these players do you know assuredly will start for the vikings in 2021 afadi adenbo 
No. Jamar Stephen. Jaleel Johnson. I mean, I mean they, they love Jamar Stephen, but no. Yeah. Uh, J- Jaleel Johnson. No. Jalen Holmes. No. Right there. That's the starting defensive line. Um, and then <laughs> Eric Wilson. No. Todd Davis. No. Troy Dye. No. Okay. And then the corners probably will. Uh, Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what will ever happen to Hughes. It seems like we even st- we just stopped talking about him because he, he was hurt. And then, yeah. of course, Hitman, if they don't part ways with him, which would be strange. And Anthony Harris, whose contract's up. So mm-hmm. there are probably in that list three players that are mm-hmm. guaranteed to start. And then, of course, Hen- Kendricks will be back. And then, But outside of that, if you're looking for hope, this defense is going to look like 80% different by the time September rolls around. Of course, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys will be there for depth and like the young dudes like Wadham and stuff will get more playing time. But uh, there's a reason that this looks like a hodgepodge of defensive players. And that's because it, that's what it is. It's a bunch of guys that are reserved players that we expect to be a top 10 standard just because Mike Zimmer is the head coach. Now that doesn't mean they played well at all today, uh, but there is a method to this madness, this, you know, and it's very sad, but it's the defense uh, we're not accustomed to because it doesn't have the personnel. When Hunter got hurt and they lied to us or teased us that it was going to be three weeks. I really thought, Oh, that's fine. We got unique in Gawkway. This defense will, this will be fine. I thought they'd be about top 15 this year uh, because of all the departures. Um, but when the Daniel thing um, spiraled into all year and then Anthony Barr, even though he's not crazy flashy, he really is quite the anchor. I think we've come to understand at least in terms of how he can tackle. Um, yeah, this defense went off the rails and there was no better evidence than today when the offense pretty much scored, not at will, but in, in big spots, the offense did what it needed to, except for the final two drives. And and not just any offense, an offense whose starting quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. The running back is David Montgomery. I, I don't think David Montgomery is any, he's not an all pro running back. Uh, he looked like one today. Yeah. And then, you know, Allen Robinson is their top receiver. He's, he's a very good receiver, but they, they mostly shut him down actually for, for pretty much at least the second half. Yeah. They switched um, Dancer onto him. Um, but yeah, right now it looks like a preseason defense like mm-hmm. what you would what you would put out there in the preseason with just like a, a starter here and there um but yeah i agree with you next year is going to look totally different which is kind of why i give uh mike zimmer you know a little break with this year just because there's been so much turnover and so many injuries that you know he's really had nothing to work with he's like scraping the bottom of the barrel to to find guys you know you got chris jones who tackles with like one finger um out there it seems Every game, he just misses a terrible tackle. Um, and then, you know, you, you look back at, at some of the defenses they had. They they had guys who were in there for a long period of time, multiple years. And this year, you got a bunch of rookies and, and new faces. Every week, it's there's probably a new start in there every week. Um, so, and then the funny thing is, though, at the beginning in the summer, Zimmer pretty much emphatically stated that, oh, I've never had a bad defense before, so I'm, I'm not worried about this year. I don't think, why would I have a bad defense this year if I've never had one before? And it's like, well, it looks like you were wrong because yeah. uh, uh, they're pretty bad when you when you can't stop a Mitchell Trubisky-led offense. Now, I would would say that Trubisky looks better than he did at the beginning of the season. This isn't to say that he's a, a decent quarterback, 
by any means. This is a, a couple game stretch, and he's played some pretty. He played what he he did well against the Lions defense, and then yeah. the, and, and the Vikings defense, which we know isn't isn't that he, great. He had like a Teddy Bridgewater vibe today, where he looks pretty good, but he yeah. didn't really knock your socks off. But you're like, this guy can win games. That's and, what he, he, and like he had that game. pick. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's who this guy is. He throws in the double coverage, yep, uh, when when no one's open. Um, so yeah, that that's that's it. I I I think the playoffs are they're fun to think about, but they're they're pretty much over after after today. Now it's time to start thinking about the off season and and the draft. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure people will be like, oh, hopefully they lose their next two games so they can get a better draft pick. But we both know. It doesn't really matter where they end up. Just you know, just go out and just play these games. I know Mike Zimmer's not going to want to lose, so yeah. that's that's probably not going to happen. No, yet. and then we obviously, as fans, will probably have less stress on Christmas Day. Like, um, oh yeah, it'll be fun to watch, but we won't be sitting there. I won't be like hooting and hollering in the fourth quarter like I usually do. But the players don't feel that way. The players, you know, are under the impression that now, now they're playing for jobs. Yeah, 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 and then the Cardinals could could actually lose those two games. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not like it's the Jets and the Jaguars around the docket. Those are two games. Well, the Jets <laughs> today, I wouldn't put them in there anymore. They beat the Rams. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So the so it'll be uh, an inspired product, at least you know in theory that the Vikings will put out. So I don't think that they're going to waltz into that game thinking this thing's cooked. Like, who cares? We, we'll feel that way at home a little bit because we know that the odds are so grim. Um, but uh, on the team today, like the only spot of that defense that would normally start in a Zimmer defense, you know, outside of departures and free agency and young guys like the corners is Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Everybody else was either a rookie or a second string dude that we've kind of groomed to play the best that they can in a situation like this. And that gives me solace in knowing that I don't think we have this low standard all of a sudden that, yeah, this is. This is how the players that we can employ. It's just that we're just ravaged by these injuries. And Kendricks, when he's in there, he can at least uh, you know make this group even better. But on mm-hmm. top of that, he's out. And I, I don't know. I, I was frustrated. Like, God, what has happened to this defense? And then you take a step back and realize that, I mean, this is just like little league. I mean, types of dudes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. We got our likes and dislikes. And since they lost, we'll go with the dislikes first. So, what do you got? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> It's the those defense, the chunk plays, um, like play after play, rush after rush, Trubisky throw, like every play was mandated to, yeah, to have like a seven yard gain. Mm-hmm. I tweeted at one point when there was an incomplete pass and it was second and 10, I was like, oh, wow, we got a second and 10. <laughs> and it, that would have been so mundane in 2019 or 2018 or 2017. Uh, that second and 10 is what I was excited about. And so I, I dislike the the defense being the weakness of this team because uh, I've become so mm-hmm. accustomed to a Zimmer defense that's astute. And then when they lose, because everybody is such an offensive-minded fan, we find ways to criticize the offense and the play calling yeah. and you know, Kubiak is too vanilla and all this stuff. When they put up 27 points, the running yeah. back had 132 yards, Cousins threw two touchdowns. And if you cannot take away from that football game that defense was the problem, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's yeah. it's mind-boggling. Like, smart people that I believe to be coherent will say, like, yeah, but Zimmer and Kirk and Kubiak, they got to go. And it's like, how could you watch that for three hours and not realize that it was defensive meltdowns on each drive that was the bane of the game? And at the same time, we're not, we're not sitting here saying, like, Kirk Cousins played amazing because he didn't. No. 
Um, but you can't look at a team that scores 27 points and, and be like, it's the offense. That's the problem. Cause I, uh, I looked it up after the game, you know, how many times the Vikings have scored 27 points, you know, in the seasons with Zimmer before this. And I believe they were something like 31, three and, and one. And then this year they've scored 27 points in nine games and they're five and four. So they already have more losses scoring 27 points this year than they've had. And for the rest of Mike Zimmer's tenure. So that should tell you all you need to know about, you know, the defense being the problem this year because it is the problem this year and it was the problem again this year or today. It was emphatically. Um, for my dislike, I'll go to the offensive side of the ball and, and there was an aggressive play in the game, you know, go for it on, on fourth and, fourth and one. Uh, we can get into that more because that was a terrible call, what the, the play call was. Um, but, the overall lack of aggressiveness from from the Vikings on offense today. Um, Dan Bailey made all of his kicks, so good for him. But he had his two field goals were twenty four and twenty two yards, which means he kicked it from the Bears' six and four yard lines. Um, you know, at one point the the field goal came when the Vikings were down twenty to seven right before the half. Mm-hmm. Um, you if you lose it, you got you have to know going into this game if you lose this game. Your season's over. So you, and you can't, you haven't been able to stop the Bears offense all day long. So you need touchdowns. You can't come away with field goals. You know, you're on, you're on the six yard line or whatever. And it's fourth and goal. You need to punch it in. You, this came off of, uh, one of them came off a 12 play, 69 yard drive. So they've been moving the ball against the Bears. And then all of a sudden they're just like, no, nah, we're going to, we're going to kick a field goal. Just get some points. And it's like, you can't do that because, you know, it's not going to work today when your defense can't make a stop. So, um, you know, and what's the worst that could happen if you miss out on these fourth and goal drives, you know, they're going to get the ball and have to drive the whole length of the field or, and, and if they do, then you lose, which is what happened on Sunday anyways. So what's the difference? Yeah. I, I also took grievance with the fourth and one play call. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they'd punt, play it safe. And then they came out and then the play call was that draw handoff. So here's the deal on play calls. They're from, their own, from their own 34 yard line. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're down 10 points throughout a season on any team. There will be dozens, if not hundreds of play calls that work and yeah. we never applaud it. Like we're, we sit at home and first down and we never think about it again. You'll never think about it again in your life. And then the ones like this where it doesn't work and you want everybody fired. QBX sucks because he plucked. So it was a strange play call. Um, I don't disagree with giving Dalvin the ball, the, the, the little no. delay. That was strange. Um, but if that works, if he gets it, if he you know caught, catches him off guard, the Dozier hits his block and springs it for 20 yards, then then it's brilliant. Yeah, but think uh, about what you're asking for. You're asking for Dozier or, or anyone <laughs> on the interior to do a good job, which they haven't really done all year, and you're going against the Bears interior defensive line, which is probably the strength yeah. of their defensive line. It just and I understand Dalvin Cook is good with the ball in his hands. You want him to get the ball. I just it just wasn't a smart play call to to do that. And Kirk Cousins, I believe he had seven yards on the the previous he ran for seven yards on the previous play, so why not have him roll out and just get the easy first down or something like that? It was just it was very confusing and it kinda I feel like it kind of turned the tide of the game to be like, okay, yeah, the Vikings, they're probably not, they're probably not going to win this game because that's just, they needed that and they didn't get it. And then the Bears went up three more points. Luckily, they held them to a field goal, but it didn't really yeah. seem to matter in the end. 
Yeah, so I, I disliked that play call, but I wanted to caveat th- caveat that that bad, bad play calls happen, and we just call yeah. out every single one of the Vikings ones because we watch all the plays. Um, the other thing that was the first dagger was Herb Smith's drop. Um, that's yeah. my next dislike because uh, that really, really was a tide changer. I, I cannot still, I mean, it's haunting. I cannot believe he dropped that. But was Cousins over the, was he over the line of scrimmage? I feel like. I thought so, and I don't know I if that would have so. been called back on review. Um, but in the, in the heat of that moment, you know, that doesn't really matter for Irv Smith's purposes. Right. Uh, if, he, if he's going to be the tight end one, which he will be, um, he's got to make that that catch. Um, I mean, that was a humongous point in the game. Um, and then my other dislike is the defensive line. It, it just cannot. Do the Vikings have a defensive line? That's what I mean. Is the dudes <laughs> the dudes that are on there? Bless their heart. Do not bless their work. heart. They just do not force pressure, and perhaps Afadi Adembo is is good when Daniel Hunter is, gets most of the attention or something like that. But from he's left, not a, to right, he's not a starter. He's not. A yeah, starter. yeah. He he teased us. He did damn well in the last six weeks of the season last yeah. year, and I I think in a defense that's rocking and rolling, you know, otherwise, then he's probably a nice complimentary piece. But uh, I don't think that this defensive line. I don't think any of those four will start next year. And that's bizarre to think about. Um, but w- the reason that this uh, defense gives up those chunk plays that I was just complaining about is because we just don't get any pressure and then we don't stop the run. It was every run was like, I started to get excited when they held them to five yards mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have to do that. And yesteryear, like 2017, I would be pissed if they let a five yard run in. So um that was probably the defense as a whole, but the defensive line, it's so strange watching a Zimmer team that doesn't get sacks. And when you do, it's like the Todd Davis one where it was kind of like, uh, you know, just touch uh, Trubisky down. And that was the only sack of the game. And this, that is a difference maker. It would be really, really cool to see Dantzler and Gladney mature before eyes if we had a normal pass rush. And they're just, you know, thrown to the wolves, which will probably aid them. Uh, next year, they'll probably they'll have Hunter and Pierce and whoever the next defensive end is get some pressure, and they'll be like, oh, my goodness, this makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> well, with the struggles of the defense, let me ask you this. You know, since we kind of have to do this already, looking ahead to the draft, mm-hmm. uh, what what side of the ball would you kind of target first? Because the defense is struggling, but you know you have all these guys coming back. But then, oh, I, uh, I'm, uh, I firmly, I got to look and see how the board shakes down. But I, if I, if it, whatever we get, what are we gonna get about this twentieth pick or something like that? Probably like fifteen. Fifteenth, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah it would have been like nine. Okay, yeah, I want a three technique um, defensive tackle that okay. can rush the passer. Um, I think that will take a lot of heat off of whoever the new defensive end is opposite Neil Hunter. Probably want him, right? DJ want him. I would think he would. Yeah, yeah, he's probably he'd probably be in line to start. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I think r- right next to Michael Pierce, um, yeah. for for even when the Zimmer defense is you know hitting on all strides, we've always just you know kind of ignored the three technique position, at least from a pass rushing perspective. Usually, whoever whoever's in that spot is. In yeah, they had that one year with Sheldon Richardson, but yep, yep, that was about it. Yep, and that dude actually forced a relative a lot of pressure compared mm-hmm. to what we have in these last two years. He didn't get a bunch of sacks. <laughs> but I would just be tickled to death if we could have a dude on the inside of the line um, you know, that forces pressure. Because I think Daniil Hunter will, will do his on his side and then Wanam on the, the other side. 
Um, but that said, if they if they take an offensive lineman, I don't think any of us would complain. Interior, um, but, right though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But the guards don't usually go that high. That's what things that concerns me. That um, Spielman might think if, he can. If there's good ones, you know, you had Brandon Scherf and yeah. uh, Bradbury went pretty high. He yeah, center. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's sometimes there's there's guys that that get above there. Usually there's only like one or two though. But um, and, as, as, worth it too though. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to say that out of the offensive line woes that we've we've had. So basically, the the guards or guard spot, and then as bad as defense was today, like we don't really need anything else besides um, uh, a defensive tackle and offensive line. Here's the thing, though, with Cousins was not amazing, and he gave me some second thoughts. Like, all right, we got to stop going back and forth here. Just just pull the trigger and draft a quarterback in the first round. Just just do it. Cuz if if he's not if the quarterback's not going to start, then you can trade him. And if and if Kirk Cousins doesn't do well, then you got someone waiting in the wings. I just think it's getting to that point now where each week, you know, you go back and forth and it's just like we got to stop After doing today's this. game, you thought that? I I just thought he was he wasn't good. And it's it's a, in a situation he was just holding on to the ball too much. Really, um, I'll I'll get into it. He didn't. He threw one pass of of twenty yards or more downfield. One, um, and I believe like nineteen of his twenty four completions were under ten yards. So he was playing afraid. I don't know if it was the Bears' pass rush that was just just getting to him, and he was holding on to the ball. You you've I'm sure you've seen what Justin Jefferson said going around the internet there. Um, just getting frustrated with, with Kirk holding on to the ball. Um, I just, you know, obviously I know you, you might feel different, but I just, I wasn't impressed with, with Cousins today. I know he has the ability. I know he, he can do things at times when the Vikings need him to, but I feel like every other week it's just like, okay, you know, is this, is this the guy that can take the team forward within the next couple of years? And I think it'd be better. He could, he still could be that guy, but like I said, draft a quarterback, and and if if Kirk Cousins is still the guy, then you can trade that guy, and because everyone knows how how much a unknown quarterback can get that value, you know, you look at someone like a Garoppolo or something like that who could just play. Are you one talking game. at the? Are you talking at the fifteen spot or whatever we get? <sighs> I don't know, man. Like it depends who's available. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you don't want to reach. Um, but if, you know, if, if, if there's one of the, maybe the top, I feel like there's, there's talk of like five guys going in the first round. It's yeah. always seems like that, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. They're not going to get either of those guys, but then you got someone like Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance. I'm sure the Vikings will do a lot of homework on Trey Lance just because he's, he's right next door. So they yeah. can, they can check that out. But I just think it's something that they have to strongly consider, you know, don't reach, obviously, but if there's a guy there that you want, like, you know, last year with Justin Jefferson, you know, take him. Um, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world because Vikings won. They're going to have 19 draft picks next year because we yeah. know Rick Spielman's going to trade and they'll be able to get most of their needs filled within the rest of the draft because you, you look at their draft class this year and a lot of the guys they picked are playing, so... Yeah, I think well, let's let's say it's 15th pick whatever is 16th, 17th. If they do take a quarterback, I will be elated. I think that will show forward thinking. Yeah. It'll give us something to be excited about. It should motivate Cousins to play the best he ever has and you would hope age 33. Um but here's the way that I I think it will happen. So, 
Uh, right now, Cousins is on under contract for two yep. more seasons after this one. Yep. Dalvin Cook will be 26 years old next year and 27 the year after that. Yep. Uh, Adam Thielen will probably be pretty darn productive for the next two years. And I think by the time that two-year window has closed, then we will have a firm um, pool to adjudicate Mike Zimmer. Uh, I think at the end of that two years, if we have not reached an NFC championship, um, then it's probably time to switch things up. And I think it's all aligned that way. We get two years of absolute prime cook, assuming he seem, stays healthy. And then, uh, you know, Cousins will end up having five years to see if that works out. Uh, I think that is what the plan probably is. While uh, Jefferson continues to I mean, be even more of a superstar than he is. And then in theory, you should get a pretty decent defense back here in the next two years. Now, that that doesn't mean you have to throw that plan out the window at all if you take a quarterback, but that will signal a shift that they're not married to Cousins forever. Um, And then just as a complete side note, I would be so incredibly sick of hearing any time Cousins threw an incompletion Put oh, in Kyle, yeah, yeah. put in Kyle Trask, put in Trey you Lance. Know, you know what happened? Oh my God! Every single possession, people would, would be like, "Why not? Why? Why can't we just see him? See oh, what he's got?" Oh my God! It would be relentless. So selfishly, uh, I won't look forward to that. Um, but yeah, I would definitely. Anytime your your franchise takes, uh, I mean, hell, the Packers did it, and they didn't mm-hmm. need to. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, Twice. I'll I'll be super excited about it. But I just don't know. I think that they're going to give this count this uh, regime with all those pieces I just mentioned, two more seasons to make it right. And, you know, the Packers did it, and Aaron Rodgers is having, what, an MVP yeah, it's gonna be, season. So maybe... His numbers are better than Mahomes, but right. I, I think the sex appeal of Mahomes might give him the MVP. <laughs> so maybe, you know, drafting a quarterback would, would maybe light that fire. Yeah, Kirk Cousins give him that that motivation. He he maybe he'll get angry. We know we yeah. know Kirk Cousins plays well when when he's angry. <laughs> um, whenever you know that that few seconds that that happens. Um, yeah. Speaking of him, um, my last dislike is the okay. fa- he finally got a flag or they finally called one and they picked it up right afterward. Oh yeah, hit to the oh, head. Oh my. Yeah. 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 I the only the only other dislike I had was just him. Yeah, not taking shots. Downfield, I don't, for for whatever reason, I don't know. It's not like the Bears secondary is you know Legion of Boom back there. They were actually pretty decimated in the secondary, and for whatever reason, the Vikings just didn't take shots downfield. And like I said, it could have been because he was he had pressure in his face for for a lot of the day. So um, yeah, gosh, maybe that was that was just it. He just he didn't want to wait downfield because there was um, what was it? Was it a fourth down play where uh, he kind of rolled out? And he had he had someone in his face, yeah. And Jefferson was open in the middle, but he couldn't see him because the yep. guy was in his face. And yeah, that was, was on that ill-fated second-to-last drive. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like the the pressure was there. The offensive line just wasn't playing well. It hasn't been playing well the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Um, after you know, we felt like oh, they turned a corner. You know, they're playing well. They got Ezra, Ezra Cleveland in there. You know, um, but. Apparently, one, apparently one, not. Of the, one of the announcers flat out said that Grad, Garrett Bradbury has struggled this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, Greg, Greg Jennings said that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's had like a better year. This He was much better than last year, but you know, maybe he's looked at some of the recent grades or whatever he uses to, to figure out. But I think that's enough for for dislikes today let's get to some some likes maybe get some some positivity going here yeah i have uh i'll package three into one i thought 
despite what you've said here about uh, Cousins oh and Shaky, I thought the offense played well. Oh. I thought that they were the the beacon of hope throughout the game. Even when that last drive, I was like, God, just give us the ball back. The offense, I think they can probably do this. Um, or the last two offensive possessions, I thought they would be able to. Um, Dalvin quietly had 132 yards in the first half. He had 80 yards against the Bears defense that has one of the best front sevens in the league, and we just don't care about that because – Dalvin, we're so used to him getting his yards that uh, now that's it's mundane when he has 132 yards rushing. So good for him. Uh, he, he had a 16th touchdown of the year, which is pretty sweet. Um, and then this won't be talked about because we're not allowed to say positive things about Cousins. He was marvelous on third down um, in, in big spots. It felt like late in the game we were uh, on third constant third and fives. Um, he's actually a very great third down quarterback, but like people don't lift that up because <laughs> they think that there are other quarterbacks better than him hanging he, out. Hey, he doesn't have nine game winning drives this year. <laughs> so, so I thought my takeaway was, gosh, this offense I think is good, and mm-hmm. I think um, we're targeting Jefferson just enough. Thielen was the one that was ignored today. Yeah, again, uh, he what he same thing last week. Yeah. Uh, and I think Dalvin does, you know, what he does, and we we just take it for granted now because we're sick of running the ball so much. Uh, yeah, I just I, I have this utopian dream that if we could see a defense from 2017, 2018, even last year's was pretty decent despite Rhodes. Um, I just wish that those puzzle pieces could come together because I will. N- from what I've seen from this offense after the bye week, I think it is a unit that can win a Super Bowl if we just have a defense that can get off the field every once in a while. Yeah, they're they're top ten offense. I don't think that's that's a, much of a debate. They they are. They can move the ball. They've moved the ball pre- against pretty much everyone except for the Bears on Monday night. Um, other than that, though, they've they've moved the ball pretty well. Wait, who did they play last week? The Bucks. And they moved. They moved the ball. They moved the ball fine on the Bucks. They just yep. didn't get those field goals. Um, <laughs> but speaking of those, Dan Bailey made all of his kicks today. All five kicks, which included yeah. three extra points, two field goals. Now the field goals were shorter than the extra points I mentioned before. They're twenty-four and twenty-two yards, but still, that should give him much more confidence. That's just what the doctor ordered for yeah. a kicker that we thought might be fired um, at this time last week. Um, if you believe in reclamation or redemption or, you know, you just like Bailey, this was exactly what he needed was five gimmies and to convince himself that he's not a terrible human. And it just it probably doesn't matter now. I don't know if I don't know if they'll bring him back for 2021. Um, but even though they were dinker kicks, it was good to see him, you know, not go the way of Blair Walsh and we just never hear about him again. Um, so, like I said, it's probably moot now. We Even if he goes six for six next week. Um, it's probably too late, relying too much on the Cardinals to you know lose out. But yeah, no, it was good to see a professional like him, you know, <laughs> hit all five of his opportunities. You know what the worst part about all this is? What's that? Um, there's now a chance that Rick Spielman's going to draft a kicker. Yeah. Um, and that's we've already seen that's not a good idea, especially if Mike Zimmer's the head coach, because you need to, need a veteran in there who's not going to maybe take some of Zimmer's comments. Although he was very complimentary of Dan Bailey last yeah, week. Yeah, you know, he must. Re- I, think, I think I said this exact thing on the show last week. He must really like him as a man because yeah. it, it, he, if you listen to the comments, it sounded like his dad talking about him. He doesn't like kickers. And he, <laughs> he like, I, I was like, does 
does Dan Bailey have like secrets about him that that we don't know about that he you know he could just let loose if, if Zimmer goes in on him? But yeah, it's very complimentary of Bailey, and uh, it seemed to work. So Bailey, yeah. is hopefully back on track. You know, it's one game. Um, we'll see. Well, how it, the, the true litmus test will be when he has to kick something from longer than thirty-five or forty. I mean, that'll yeah. be the first test. I think forty. Then, well, and the extra points are what forty? Are they forty-five, thirty-five? Extra points, thirty-five. I think thirty-five. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's pretty. That's that's pretty. Yeah. Significant. Um, but yeah, that that was one of mine. And then I also added something about Dalvin. You know, he's he's got over. He's got almost fifteen hundred rushing yards now. He's caught forty-two passes this year, sixteen touchdowns. Like you mentioned, he's just. He's having a very good season, and it looks like the Vikings made the right decision to pay him because, you know, you're not supposed to pay running backs, but yeah. apparently, you know, he's worth it because you can say that about Christian McCaffrey. You'd have paid him. He's not playing, you know. Oh, they won't They won't say that. That's uh, just, who what? else? Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he he's, hasn't been too great since he signed his contract. Now, But then you got Dalvin Cook. You got Derrick Henry. I think... Alvin Kamara's been, yep. been pretty good uh, since he got paid. So, um, actually, something I brought up, I think, over the weekend was no one ever brings up paying wide receivers. And no. some of the top paid wide receivers are like Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, AJ Green, <laughs> guys that are doing nothing. Yeah, that's because and, they're immune to criticism from the analytics crowd. Yeah, that says yeah, that yeah. We should just be passing, um, you yeah. know, all the time. So therefore, they're necessary. the uh, The analytics people, I, mean, I think we all appreciate analytics, but there are analytics yeah. people that flat out think that you shouldn't pay a running back anything at all beyond their contract. Like a guy like Dalvin is going to be interchangeable or synonymous with a guy like Amir Abdallah. It's just. Right. Right. Or Alexander it's, Madison. We've heard that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's wild to think that they subscribe to that theory. Um, my next like was that Dantzler interception. Yeah. Um, in a in a better scenario, that would have been a complete game changer. Um, but that was a big moment for him, and he's continued to make big uh, plays like that. He had that interception he ripped away two weeks ago, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that. So we we've been on a roller coaster with him because he was supposed to be the the sexiest thing during training camp. And then he got abused by Devonte Adams in the first week. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't really do much the next couple of weeks. And then he got hurt. And mm-hmm. then we thought he was like, never going to play again. And then he's back yeah. and he's progressively got stronger. And now he's probably more promising from a coverage perspective than, than Gladney. Um, but it was cool to see him in that moment, uh, you know, make that pick, which, a lot of times would have been a game-changing moment. Give us the ball back, and we go down and you know actually do something with the ball. Yeah, Gladney's. I think he's establishing himself more as a as a good tackler, just to come up and like get past the line of scrimmage and make those those tackles for a loss. Uh, where yeah, Dancer's more of a, a coverage guy. So you can look at it like Dancer's more of the Xavier Rhodes of the yeah. defense, while while Gladney's more of a Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Wayne's type, where you know tackling is more his specialty and yeah. maybe maybe blitzing as well for for Gladney. I don't know if we've seen that. We might have seen that a couple of times out of yeah, Gladney. It's with a team that does struggles to get any pass rush, I sometimes wish they would just say um truck it, let's just let's blitz. Yeah, they're but, not going to stop him anyway. So yeah. what, what, what's <laughs> yeah, matter? yeah. Yeah, and Gladney seems like a monster. He would be a monster if they gave him that assignment. I have to ask you well, we go into this next season thinking Mike Hughes is going to be a reliable starter. I mean, not a knock on him, but no. are we st- or, or do we think that he's just 
going to vanish, and that was a, a, a mistake draft pick. You know, I'm sure Mike Zimmer has a soft spot for him, so he might get that benefit of the doubt and get you know another chance from Zimmer. Just cause. But should we think, let's say, you and I are chatting in August or something, should we be like, oh, yeah, we got Hughes? I wouldn't depend yeah. on it. No, I wouldn't okay. depend on it. So we d- I did that this year. I thought, okay, Hughes, this is going to be the year he's healthy. He's going to be our, our, our bedrock with the, in this cornerback uh, room. And he's been hurt. So I'm trying to decide if I am going to see his name on a depth chart and think, oh, yeah, we got Mike Hughes. That'll be sweet. Or if I'm just going to think maybe he plays again, I don't know. We didn't even talk about it. How about um, Holton Hill just getting let go? And yeah. They didn't even, like, re-sign him to their practice squad or anything. They just And Zimmer was asked about him, and he was like, yeah, whatever. He's yeah. Um, so that was kind of random. Um, and the Vikings are just like, he's done. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious if he did something or didn't do something. Maybe like ten, you know, his rehab or whatever with the injury that he's doing, or or yeah. skip COVID tests or something like that. Um, I'm curious about that. But that was just interesting to just. Oh, Holden Hill got like a yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I thought like because he's a restricted free. He would have been a restricted free agent next year, so the Vikings would have had you know been able to match any offer that any other team gave to him. So that's kind of, it's kind of curious that they, they did that. Um, but it just, and then they didn't resign to their practice squad. So it made me think that yeah. like something else is going on with a guy who has a history of not doing, making the greatest choices off the field. Um, but yeah, as far as Hughes goes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't depend on, on him for, for anything for the future. If he, if he's able to contribute next year, that's great. Yeah. Um but no, you can't you can't at this point in his career he hasn't really been able to stay on the field. Um so you can't you can't depend on So him. he'll be in the what's the fourth year of his rookie deal next year? Yeah. And they'll, okay. they'll have to they'll have to decide this summer whether or not they want to give him the fifth year option. I Yeah, I don't doubt it. think if they, they will. If they wouldn't give it to Teddy, I well, doubt they're going to give Here's it. the thing though, they can exercise it, but they don't have to pick it up yeah. Yeah, for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Next year. They want to that was pick the, it up. And that's wild because that very first game when he had the pick six, it was like, oh, he had a great first couple games. Yeah, it was like we found a playmaker in this dude and it's supposed to be the heir apparent and just been injury after injury. It just seems like his ACL injury might have impacted him more yeah. than, than Dalvin, someone like Dalvin. Yeah. Um, and But he's he's dealing with the neck, neck, neck stuff now. Yeah. He, they said it, They say it's different than... The one he had at the end of the year last year, but at the same time, it's it's a neck injury, and those things you can't mess with those in, in football. Those can be career altering. Um, I think my last like I had was just about uh, Tyler Conklin. You know, he, for mm-hmm. the second straight week, you know, Kyle Rudolph is out, foot injury. Conklin stepped up again, had himself a nice game. Three only had three catches, but he had fifty seven yards, and one of them was a thirty yard catch and run touchdown. So I think. He's making the case next year, for next year for the Vikings to get rid of Kyle Rudolph, um, and just just in general just get more playing time. I think he deserves yeah to get more playing time next year. He's proven that he can at least be a factor in the passing game, and if he if there are things that he needs to work on blocking wise, which I I haven't seen any glaring problems, um, just from just watching the games. I don't think that uh, there's any significant areas he needs to improve on. But if he does, then he can do that. But I think he deserves to get more more playing time next season for sure. And he will. Um, Rudolph, 
unless he restructures just as a matter of business and mathematics, that is the very first contract um, that you have to do something with because you cannot pay uh, him top five tight end money, which he is. And then you don't use him and you use him like maybe in the uh, red zone every month. Like it just doesn't make sense. So he will be the first. He's got one touchdown this year. Yeah, he'll, he'll be the first to either go or be restructured. Um, and then Conklin just looks the part of a tight end, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's, he's not doing he's – do, it's not that he's doing pretty good for a third-string tight end. He looks like he would be, like, a pretty good tight end. Um, you know, if Irv Smith was hurt, well, no, we got yeah. Conklin in there. So, yeah, I think we'll see a lot more of him. Yeah, a guy who can get like 40 catches, 600 yards yep, a year. Yep, yep. Th- and I think that's probably the plan, and we'll just have to emotionally cope when Rudolph either is <laughs> jettisoned. Uh, this is actually a, a strange fact that I tweeted out this week is Rudolph was the only player to play in every single game at U.S. Bank Stadium, and that streak hmm. came to an end today. So, uh, unfortunately, there has been no continuity from, from start to finish from a Vikings player playing every single game at that building. Um, Not even here. Well, yeah, but Harrison Smith was probably hurt. Yep, he, and then teams. well, a lot of them got benched for that uh, Bears game last year. So, oh, yeah, to I think when when Sean Mannion played. Yeah, I think that was. I can't remember if that's what messed up Hitman for that, or if Hitman was hurt. But yep, kind of. I kind of blocked that out of my. <laughs> yeah, Rudolph got in for that game. I don't know if it was to keep the streak alive or something, but he got the credit for it. So. Um, my last like is Todd Davis. Uh, he had that sack that I mentioned, that kind of gimme sack, and then he had that sweet Kendricks-esque pass defended. Yep. Uh, yep. That was in a big spot in the game. And I keep saying it. I don't know if there's a spot on the team for Todd Davis next year. Maybe there is if, if it's at a you know discount price. But this dude is a machine, um, like a, a role-playing machine. Uh, he, he makes tackles. Like he's He's got a motor on him. Uh, I think he fits in well with this team, and in absence of Kendricks, he certainly wasn't as good as Kendricks, but he was there in spots uh, on a de- defense that desperately needed any signs of life um, that it could find. So I think that he's filled in when asked um, pretty admirably. Uh, and the last thing I want to call out is not a dislike or a like, but Je- Justin Jefferson needs 292 yards in these next two weeks, which is doable. Probably not probable, uh, but if he has 292 yards, then he'll break the rookie record for uh, receiving yards. So uh, he'd have to be targeted heavily, um, but it certainly wouldn't be insane if he pulled that off. Should, he should just do that on, on Christmas against the Saints. <laughs> just get it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was the, uh, the the first one? The first like that you had was uh, oh, oh Todd Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been impressed with the way he's been, been able to fill in for, for Kendricks. Now, him and Eric Wilson are going to be free agents this offseason. You know, if you had to pick between one, who would you want to bring back? Um, boy. So we get Kendricks back healthy. I don't know if Kendricks will play again this year, but we'll get Kendricks yeah, bar. back. Yeah, Barr. Um, yeah, Barr. I've, I've grown to appreciate Barr in his absence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that. I took for granted that most of these replacement players would tackle well, <laughs> and they haven't. They missed so like 79 tackles today. I finally realized, and so I've always liked Barr, but I, I wasn't quite sure if he was worth his price tag. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but in this defense, the way it's constructed, you need an anchor who can tackle. Uh, so it's Kendrick's Barr, and then, I don't know, it kind of depends on how much money Wilson asked for. Um, so the thing about Wilson and Barr is they do different things. They're good at different things. So um, it's – I wish you could, you know, just do like a Frankenstein between the two of them. Um, but 
I, lo- I love the way that uh, Wilson has like uh, a little bit of a flair and he is more of kind of a playmaker, so to speak, than Barr. But Barr is just like a fundamentalist. Um, he does the stuff that mm-hmm. Zimmer evidently loves and it's been uh, you know, tremendously missed. So I would probably go Davis um, on a discount and then let Wilson get his bag elsewhere um, because I don't like the way that Wilson misses tackles. It's really got on my nerves this year. So I would go Kendricks, um, Barr, and I don't, I don't know if we, if, if, we, if we have even money to get some free agents, that would be kind of cool. Uh, but, yeah, I think Davis could, could fill in nicely. Whatever happened to uh, – Get in? Yeah. Is he just – He got to let go. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I know. But is he, does he play anywhere or is he just, you know, injured for oh, life? Oh, he had a bunch of concussions. So I, yeah? I don't okay. know if he'll ever, ever play again. Because he was, he was a – for what Zimmer does, he, he was a decent linebacker. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he was a starter, so – if I was Eric Wilson, I would go somewhere else because I think he has the opportunity to to start yeah. somewhere else. Um, you know, if whatever, whether the team's competitive or not, I think he has that that talent to do that. And the Vikings are clearly going to want Anthony Barr to take back that starting role with with Eric Kendricks. And I think Todd Davis, you know, he he might have similar offers, but I think Eric Wilson might have more more offers because yeah. he he has that flashiness and the the blitzing ability. I could see a team like maybe like the Jets yeah. you know, going after him because they like to just throw their money at everybody. Um, but yeah, I I I, th- I would agree to bring back Davis. I think in terms of tackling ability, that's that's something that's very important in Mike Zimmer's defense. And yeah, for as many splash plays that that Eric Wilson makes, his tackling is not as good as Davis. As Davis's, so I yeah. would lean lean towards Davis as well. I, I completely took Barr's tackling acumen for granted. I right? thought I thought that that was a Zimmer defense. I think thing. we all did. I think yeah. we all did. But now I come to find out, um, there's a lot of parallels you can draw between the way this team plays and those Mike Tice teams, where you just watch the game and then they don't tackle, and then you're like, all right, well, hopefully Moss and Culpepper can tie it up. Like I, I hate, I hate football like that. I love it the other way around, where the defense is, you know, it's uh, automatic that they're going to be steadfast, and then you, um, offense, you know, just scores the twenty-one points, and you get the hell out of dodge. So this is definitely, uh, you know, a test of metals for me this year as a fan because I've grown accustomed to loving defense. But I don't think that Zimmer is fundamentally stupid in all of a sudden in coaching defense. I think when he gets his guys back, I was going to say, you know, you know, hates it even more. Mike, <laughs> yeah, he'll Mike Zimmer. Yeah, and then he gets his dudes back. How many did I rattle off being the show? Like six, five or six altogether. Uh, right. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised that. Oh, okay. Actually, injuries did matter last year. Yeah, here's here's the problem. A lot of people are probably going to pick the Vikings now to be like this next year's <laughs> surprise team or, or bounce back team, and they're going to have all these expectations. Yeah, and then it's not going to happen. But I think I did look at. I saw their opponents or whatever for 2021, and they have to play. The AFC North, so you got the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. Yeah. Possibly Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Yeah. And they have to play the NFC West. So, once again, the Seahawks, uh, the Rams, Cardinals, and Niners. So yeah, that's plus, nasty. Plus, plus the, the NFC North and whatever, I think they play whatever team is in the same position as them in the NFC East and NFC South. So, their schedule is not going to be that great next year. So they're going to need, you know, everyone on deck. If they have another year full of injuries, it's probably going to look worse than this year. 
Yeah. Because so, they don't get to play the AFC South. Yeah. So we oh. go, let's see. So the Steelers will come here. Yeah. And uh, let's see. So during the, they've been the Keenum year. Who else came? The Bengals? No, no, the Browns. So we the get the Browns. Yep. So we'll have Stefanski home here and the Steelers home here. And then we'll go to Baltimore because Flacco was here last time. And I'm just picturing, I go to all the games and yeah. I picture it in my head who I've seen. Um, I think the, Ram, the Rams and, and the Seahawks will actually go to Minnesota. Yep. Yep. And so, and uh, the one thing about schedules and you already know, this is that they, they all seem pretty nasty when you start to do that on paper, but yeah. in the course of a season, all types of stuff, can change. injury, oh, yeah, the, yeah, Cowboy, the, the Cowboys were supposed to be a real tough game and then they yep. shouldn't have been with Dalton yep. and everything. But that's the one thing. And that strength of schedule is when you, when they come out in April and you look at it and you think, Oh my God, this schedule's easy. Or, oh my God, the schedule's tough. Usually, it uh, it changes a little bit. It kind of depends on where your away games are. If there's people uh, in the stands, those things are pretty much ironclad. But in terms of who's going to, there was a, there was a stretch last year. Where I remember where the quarterback that I thought we were going to play <laughs> was like different, like in seven games. Yeah. So yeah. I felt like that, that was the case a lot in, in 2017. I feel like the Vikings kind of got, got lucky with that too. Um, so that well that that moves us ahead to next week because before the year we thought the the Saints game was going to be one of the toughest games of the year and uh it is going to be one of the toughest yeah. games of the year. It doesn't I would say matter as much to the Vikings anymore after the loss of the Bears. They still should try and take care of business just 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 in case yeah. the Cardinals, you know, fall flat on their face. What if, what if Kyler Murray gets hurt? You know, in the next game, you know, there's that chance of that because he runs around a lot. Yeah. Um, but the Saints, I think, will be trying to to win because they're trying to get the number one seed. They just lost to the Chiefs, um, and they need to win in hopes that the Packers lose one of their their final Titans. Yeah, the Packers have Titans next week with Titans and Bears. Yep. So. Yeah, I I don't think the Vikings will win on Christmas Day. Now, of course, it would be one of those things where. They do because because uh, they know, want to toy with your emotions, right? Yeah, um, but I think because the Saints have lost consecutively now to the Eagles and to the Chiefs, that they are like you said in a bona fide uh, fight for the number one seed. And if there's ever a time that they should probably get even with us, I'd rather have it be now <laughs> than uh, in the next, playoffs. Yeah, next year's playoffs, something like that. So yeah. I think they have too much to play for. And if we can't stop Trubisky and Montgomery and Matt Nagy, then the prospects of stopping um, Sean Payton, Breeze, and Camara on the road. Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like Trubisky might have looked better than Breeze today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's definitely more mobile, and that's. Uh, and they don't have Michael Thomas. For yeah, the, for the rest of the season. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's. Is this is such a lost season for him? Um, any fantasy football fan shouldn't should sign that big deal. <laughs> see what happens see what happens you pay wide receivers yeah you lose them what uh usually uh give uh maybe oh you already you already did you said there yeah i say 27 20 saints and i don't know it'll still be fun christmas day 3 30 i don't know if you'll eat before or after but yeah it would have been nice if i mean all things considered it would have been nice if the cardinals lost today because then there would be a, a puncher's chance but uh like I said at the beginning of the show, you have to have five isolated games go your way to get into the playoffs and then travel back to New Orleans or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be a, a busy day for me. It's it's Christmas, obviously. It's my 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 youngest's. It's his first Christmas. 
So he oh, was born in May. Right. Then it's my oldest. It's his birthday because he decided to be born on, on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got that. So first half of the day is Christmas. Second half of the day is birthday. Um, yeah. And then we got the Vikings playing. And uh, But I, w- I will not be working. I will be taking the day off because that's what I've been told from the higher-ups. Yeah. I, to, you need to spend some time with your family. I that's said. what the ownership told you? Yeah. You know, they're like. The Vikings are not good this year. You need to, to just hang out with your family. It'll cause you less stress. So I don't know about that. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it, it'll be a good day. It'll be fun. We'll have uh, lots of good food and uh, some pizza because yeah. my son likes pizza. So Yeah, we're doing prime rib over here. I'm in, uh, for you for you listeners who didn't know, I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we've been committed to the, the quarantine holiday. We didn't do anything with family on Thanksgiving, so... We're going to stay committed to it for Christmas in hopes that we can get rid of this virus shortly with the vaccine. So it's just going to be the four of us, my wife and two children, and we'll watch whatever product the Vikings put on the field. And then we'll have prime rib. And then hopefully this will be the last Christmas we have to spend as just the four of us for the rest of our lives. Yeah, my wife and I have been quarantining for, for a while now because we, we moved to San Diego and the rest of our family lives in New York. So we don't have to worry about that yeah. at all. So yeah. we're, <laughs> we're always quarantined. Yeah. No. Um, no, but that'll do it for us. The Vikings are obviously going to be playing, uh, on Christmas. Uh, I can't remember. I feel like they played on Christmas Eve a couple years ago against the Packers, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, we once, uh, either that, that or Chris- Keenum. Was that Keenum? Yeah, it was, either, it was either Christmas Eve Eve or Christmas Eve. We, it was the last time we had a shutout. It's like a Saturday game, I feel like. Yeah, it was, uh, I think we won 16 to nothing. Hitman had a, a interception or two. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was the last time to date the Vikings have recorded a shutout. Yeah, because I feel like that year they played on Halloween, Christmas Eve, and New Year's Eve, I feel like. Yeah, um, yeah there was no uh, Rodgers that game. And so. Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. They oh, played yeah. on all the holidays Yeah, that year. Uh, but, yeah, that'll do it for us. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Dustin on Twitter at DustBaker. Um, subscribe to his podcast, The Believe in Vikings podcast, with former Vikings player Bryant McKinney. What did you have? Uh, Warren Sapp on? We had Warren Sapp last Monday, Devin Hester on Wednesday. Devin Hester. And then Jonathan Vilma this Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Have <laughs> <laughs> fun with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, subscribe to his podcast too while you're out there. He's on all the same platforms. Um, but until next time, Vikings fans, we will talk to you later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans 
to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2-0.